Why, hello there, nerds. I'm Ash. And I'm Nat. And you're listening to Crime Time Nerds, a sister podcast. Nerdlings, this is our Halloween bonus episode. Super fun, super spooky. We're keeping it casual today and lighthearted, so this is not a crime episode, just a heads up. We figured once in a while we'd kind of break it up and do something a little more light as our cases can often be dark. So we're going to kind of, like we said, keep it casual. It's fall, it's spooky season. We're so excited for that. It's, I think it's Nat and I's favorite season. <laughs> Literally. My favorite. I <laughs> uh, I love fall so much. Like Me the crunchy too. leaves, the Halloween movies. Uh, I just... All of it. All of it. All the candles, all, all the scented candles, all the pumpkins. Yep. I just, I <laughs> love the way that like the New England smells, like Vermont. It just has this like fall smell. And I can't explain it to you unless you're from this area, but... It's just fresh and it's like even though everything's kind of dying, <laughs> which is a little dark, it doesn't it doesn't I don't know. It's like feels like more alive, crisp. I don't know what the word for it is, but it's awesome. Yeah, I I feel more energized than ever in fall. Same. This is like my favorite creative season. Like I feel just always like in my zone at this time. Like in my in like just perfectly aligned with Halloween and, and October. Starts in like September when the leaves change. And then from like September, October, I'm just like, yep, this is my jam. And even into November, because I love Thanksgiving. Yeah. Thanksgiving is definitely my favorite holiday besides, I mean, I, <laughs> I count Halloween as a holiday. <laughs> I do too. I just want to sit and curl up and watch a ton of like scary movies and read a ton of scary stories or books and watch a ton of creepy videos. I don't know. It's just like my happy thing. (laughs) (laughs) I know. And it's also my favorite because I can watch Nightmare Before Christmas twice. (laughs) I love, love, love me some Nightmare. I had this song stuck in my head the other day for like the whole week and I kept annoying your brother actually (laughs) because it was like the Oogie Boogie song. I don't know. I'm not going to sing it. Mr. Oogie Boogie. Yep. Yes. And I kept singing it. Oh, it was ridiculous. I don't know why. I hadn't watched it in a while, but I I apparently was ready. (laughs) Well, it's just a genius movie because you can watch it on Halloween and you can watch it for Christmas. Oh, yeah. That's a total Christmas movie. I will like fight somebody (laughs) on that. (laughs) And I mean, it kind of I mean, now since there's a pandemic happening, yeah, that's probably what I'm going to be doing for my Halloween is staying inside and scaring the crap out of myself. <laughs> Me <movies>. too. <laughs> oh, for sure. That's like literally what your brother and I do. I mean, we like live for October. This is usually like our our jam. Like we go and get all of the decorations and we get a ton of t- trick-or-treaters. We get so into it. And like my husband wants to be one of those guys that do the, that like builds those yard haunts where people come through. I'd, he's weird, but we love him. <laughs> <laughs> but like this year, we both decided what we're going to do because it's pandemic and I don't really expect to see a lot of kids out. Um. I might just put like a bowl of candy on this on the stoop just in case, but we're gonna probably just like nerd out on a ton of how of like Halloween candy, some really awesome horror movies, and just like 
relax, curl up and enjoy it and just really go like all in. Yeah. I mean, it, uh, I love my partner so much. He's amazing, but he does not like horror movies. So (laughs) I am literally going to have to strap him down and be like, you are watching this with me. This is the one day out of the entire year that I get say. You're like, this is your obligation. Thank you. (laughs) Yes. This is the one time where you have to watch scary movies with me. But oh, for sure. I think, like, you remember when you were a kid and you go to the Halloween parties and there'd be, um, oh, it used to be my favorite. It's like chocolate pudding with Oreo crumbles and there's little worms. I think it's called dirt. Yes. Oh, my God. I love this. I fully admit that there are times throughout the year that I just want an excuse to make this because it tastes so good. I know. And it just, it's nostalgic. It brings me back to when I was little mm-hmm. and going to Halloween parties and had those yeah. fake vampire vangs. Or fangs. Oh my gosh. Um, But I honestly think that's what my plan is. I'm going to kind of make those nostalgic little Halloween treats that you had as a kid. And we're just going to pig out and watch scary movies. That is such a cute idea. I'm going to have to steal that. I'm sorry. Well, (laughs) yeah, go for it. I mean, I am so pumped because we got a projector. So instead of a TV, we don't have a TV anymore. We have a projector. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So last weekend, we had a bonfire, not a bonfire, like a campfire outside. And we set up a sheet with the projector and we watched movies and it was so fun. And I was like, oh, we should do this on Halloween for scary movies. But we're going to see how the weather turns out because I'm sure it's going to be freezing because normally by then in Vermont, it's snowing. So Yeah. Kids are in their snowsuits and their costumes. It's kind of like a funny tradition. You always see like the little coats and stuff. You had to always get a costume that fit over <laughs> your like winter wear because there are times where I remember trick-or-treating and there were definitely, definitely like snow on the ground. Oh, yeah, definitely. And it's actually funny that you say that because I remember one year. This is actually a cute story about about Jay <laughs> and my other brother. Aww. But um, I, because I'm a lot younger than they are. So yes. one year we lived in Buffalo, New York, and it always gets so cold there. And it's a Ugh. huge, it's a huge city. And I actually got sick. So I was a big pumpkin. So I dressed up as a pumpkin specifically Aww. so I could wear a coat underneath. <laughs> That's so cute. And I remember going out of the house and going down the street and just like puking because I got the flu. <laughs> Oh, that breaks my heart. I know. I was so sad. And my mom brought me home. And I was just so upset because, I mean, Halloween's a kid's favorite. So my brothers, they dressed me up in their clothes. So they made me like, I don't even know what I was, but I was was wearing, (laughs) I was wearing Jay's like shirt and then my other brother's pants. And it was all like way too big on me. But it was pretty hilarious, and that that That's made my cute. Halloween. That is so cute. That definitely seems like your brother. I know. It's really adorable. This is his, like, this is his month. He is a huge horror, horror fiend. Huge. And uh, actually, he's going to be doing a show called Jitters, which should be coming out by the time you guys are listening to this. So check it out. Uh, you might have some of us allegedly guesting on that or co-hosting on that. So there's that, that little... Uh, plug as well for you guys (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's like this is his jam so I could totally see as a little kid that he was just like he was gonna make sure everyone had a good Halloween that's his thing oh definitely yeah it was Halloween was always super fun in our house and I actually remember my dad making a little horror house kind of thing in the mudroom (laughs) of our house now 
and I helped my really? dad with it. Yeah, we got we got like black lights, we got spooky spiders and a bunch of fake webs, and we made it like super spooky. So, because yeah. I mean, I was cool then. I was 16. I'm not going to go trick or treating. Like, that's for kids. <laughs> so, I stayed home and I helped my dad. And we kind of spooked all the little trick or treaters. It was pretty fun. Oh, my God. That's pretty fun. That's what your brother wants to do. Now I see where he gets it. It's your dad. Oh, totally. And we had the little stereo playing the CD that had all the spooky, oh, spooky yeah. door slams and like the chains rattling. <laughs> I love it. (laughs) It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. But actually, I remember one Halloween, my best friend and I, we went trick-or-treating, and we were probably eight or nine, and we get to this house, was in our neighborhood, and we walk up to the door, and it's this guy, and we're like, trick-or-treat, and he's like, oh, I actually don't have candy but uh, here, take this and give it to your fathers. And he literally gives <laughs> us two beers. What? Oh, my <laughs> God. Gets, I forget what kind of beer it was, but two cans of beers. And we were like, uh, and obviously we were kids. We didn't know what to do. Like alcohol was. Right. You can't touch that when you're little. So we kind of freaked out and ran up to our parents and our parents were just like appalled. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's really cute. In my development, they one of the houses has like a special little tub for the adults that are because it's a neighborhood where you walk the kids around. So like people will park. It's kind of like a go to spot in town for everybody in the community to come to my development just because the way it's laid out you can really you can safely walk the kids and not worry about traffic so one of the neighbors actually down the road she or he has this little like adult tent and they do like hot cider obviously alcoholic cider for parents taking the kids trick-or-treating and it's like a hit every year. People love it. It's so cute. And then like the kids are making their way through and the parents are getting a little like treat as well. So it's kind of like a fun community event. I'm going to miss it this year. But Oh, that is awesome. I really Thank like you. that idea. Yeah. I love it. I wish we'd come up with it, but I, I can't take credit. My neighbor does it and it's or one of my neighbors does it. And it's really, it's super cute. I love that. That is that is so awesome. When I get older, that's what I want to do. Yeah, <laughs> I'll too. have the like adult side and then I'll, I'll have the kid side. <laughs> exactly. Where everybody wins. <laughs> yeah. And I remember going to like, obviously I didn't grow up the richest and I mean, yeah. what is rich now? Like you never know, but yeah. um, we would go to the more developed neighborhoods and they would always give out the king size candy bars. Oh my God, your brother and I literally have a whole discussion about this because we we're not those people to this day. We you know, it's like a life goal is to be the full size candy bar people. We all get it. <laughs> <laughs> there are those of us who are like the bags of the smaller candy bite size, because you know, budgets. But um <laughs> we we were talking about the like there's always those houses, no matter where you grew up, that every kid know knew to go to those houses because <laughs> you would get the awesome, like coveted big size candy bar, which now that I think about it, it is so expensive to do that oh I can't even imagine. Seriously, That's even so if, nice though. Yeah, even if it was like a at your local grocery store, like a ten for ten deal. That's only ten chocolate bars. Right, <laughs> ten bucks. You got to spend at least like eighty for how many kids you get. Yeah, I get like three or like two hundred kids here, so we'd go broke real quick doing that. <laughs> yeah, seriously. But, and uh, then there were the houses that would give out apples or pretzels, and you'd be like, ugh. 
Oh yeah. God. Every, no kid wants that. Let's be real. I, I have those instincts now as an adult where I'm like, let's give them like, like a happy little educational toy. And my husband's like, no, no candy. <laughs> they need cavities. <laughs> give them candy. <laughs> Come on. And I'm like, all right, I will, de- I will defer to your wisdom on this one. But uh, I think it's, I, I think it's sweet. And I think no matter what you do for Halloween, it's kind to share and be a part of your community um, if you know if that's something you're into. So that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, definitely. Did you have any like Halloween traditions growing up when you were little? Or oh yeah, we so my mom would always. It, I grew up on this like dirt road in the middle of the woods in Westford. So like, there's this. Our road was like kind of in this slight mountain. So everyone, all the kids in the street would kind of like gather up together and what and the moms would just like grab hordes of small children and throw them into minivans because, you know, it was the 90s. <laughs> and every mom had a minivan. And they would just take us on these like – we would just – because you had to drive. You could do like a few stretches of the road. But generally speaking, you were kind of having to go to different roads and stuff in our area. So – the moms would like take kid deliver kids to the different houses throughout town. So you would start on our road and we'd do like the first stretch and then we'd go to the like other areas in town. And one of the houses had somebody who is in a band, I'm not gonna say who, but um <laughs> and they were like the go to house for every kid in, in my town. And so that was like always an exciting part of it. And then we'd go home and the rules were we could pick out a few pieces of candy, but my mom would then confiscate the the bags and the rule of thumb is is that mama nerdling would take all of the three musketeer bars because <laughs> apparently that was her driving fee <laughs> which i mean i'm not gonna lie i'd be all about me some like twizzlers if i had kids i'd be stealing that twist i'd be like confiscating their twizzlers so i kind of <laughs> get it now for me it would 100 percent be reese's pieces i'd be like oh Give yeah reese's pieces What's the cup? Oh, Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah, those are the big ones. Yeah, I'd be like, cough them up, cough them up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, I'm not a peanut butter fan, so those never did it for me. But give me some twi- or like some Twix or some like Twizzlers, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, see, I love the mounds too, the coconut dark chocolate <gasps> mounds. People hate the hate on them I all love the time. Them. I you, see. I knew we were bonded. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I love those. Me too. Yeah, I. I don't know what it is. I've loved them ever since I was little, and I still love them now. I just love anything coconut. I'm with you. I'm so with you. Coconut and chocolate, it's like heaven. Oh. And and, and haters can hate, but I'm standing by this one. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I stand. I'm like, come at me. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but it's funny because, like, in Vermont, we have such – I think Vermont and, like, Halloween just fit. We have such a history of, like, ghost stories and crazy lore and just – you know, our our little states were super old. We were the 14th state. We just, we've got a lot of history here. And, and New Englanders love to tell a good tall tale. That's the honest answer. <laughs> you talk to any old school New Englander, they are going to give you some like hilarious or off the beaten path kind of story. It's never just like this and this and this happened. It is a tale. You are in for an oral tradition. And so that's kind of the things that I love about living here is you get that that old school tale telling like thrill too. So it just lends itself to the season. Yeah, I I love that about this little state too. And I just remember being in Girl Scouts and going on little Girl Scout trips and having campfires 
and there would always be tales to tell. Always. That's oh yeah. I remember us girls would get together and we'd always be like sharing some spooky, spooky tales and you know, trying to creep each other out and we'd always like exaggerate them extensively, but it's that New England streak. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and it's kind of funny because it's you know, we don't have a lot of crime here, as Ash and I have said. We have some murders, as you guys all know, but generally our crime rate is really low. We make up for it in our old school New England lore. We have got tons of New England lore. <laughs> oh, definitely. And give me all the lore and supernatural. Uh, like, bring love it. it. Love it, love it, love I'm it. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. It's literally the best. It's my happy thing. I love to collect those type of stories. Yeah, and if our listeners out there have, if you're itching to tell us some kind of lore or supernatural tale that comes from your hometown, please email us. Like, definitely let us know. We want to hear it. Yeah, we love that stuff. So, you know, send it over. We'd love to take a look at them. Maybe we'll share them on the website or who knows, maybe a bonus episode or something in the future. So, yeah, I, I'm kind of digging this bonus episode. I hope everyone else will enjoy it as well. Yeah, it's where we get to let loose a little bit. yeah it's it is nice to at least a little bit because some of the games that we have are just so completely dark yeah for sure and we've had some pretty heavy ones of late so it's kind of nice to just talk about some lighthearted things and just share in the spooky season if you will yeah and it's also nice to have people that like your husband (laughs) (laughs) your brother (laughs) yeah keep things light by scaring the crap out of you which i heard stories of him scaring you when i came over the worst worst. there was this one time we were watching all these like creepy videos so i love creepy things we all know that i love horror it's my jam and the only issue is, is that I have a really overactive imagination. It's a running joke in my family. I'm so easy to scare. So easy. It does not take much. My brain automatically goes to like 10. And I take it well too. So that, that also makes it that I'm a prime target. I will <laughs> laugh. I will threaten death upon somebody, but I will laugh. So <laughs> one night your brother thought it was hilarious to tie up. He took this piece of yarn because I crochet and he, I don't know when he did this, at some point in the evening when I wasn't paying attention, he tied the piece of yarn to our front door and every, like we're watching these like creepy YouTube videos and he knows, he can feel that I'm getting more and more anxious as we're watching these. And then every once in a while he like pulls on the string and opens the front door and I'm like, what the hell, you know, what's this about? And I'm like, Jason you need to go check check the front door. Like, this is freaking me out. So why is the front door open? He's like, oh, it's just the wind. And he, like, pretends to go downstairs, you know, shuts the door like he's a good husband. Then comes back up, and then after, like, 10 minutes, does it again. And so at this point, I'm, like, freaking out because I'm convinced someone is trying to get in our house. And then, like, after, like, the fourth or fifth time of him doing it, and I am losing my mind at this point, he starts laughing and is like, ha-ha, and shows what he had (laughs) And I'm like, you are such a jerk. I mean, I laugh and I'm laughing telling this story because I guess I'm the idiot because I didn't think twice. I I should have just assumed it was him, but I didn't. My brain went to bad things. (laughs) Well, also, like, he's not by the door because I know how your house is set up. So that, that is so creepy. 
We live in a raised ranch. It's like the front door is downstairs. You got to go downstairs. So I didn't think, I just was like freaking out. I was convinced it was like some ghost or some like person trying to break into the house or some monster. Like it's never anything logical in my head. It's always <laughs> extremes, but that was my assumptions is that that was it. That was it for us. Someone oh was God. breaking in. Turns out it was just your brother. Well, he's been doing that forever. Because... <laughs> so my brothers and I are like nine to 11 years apart. Wow. We're, we're yeah, pretty far apart. Um, yeah. So I was the target growing oh. up for all the scary things to happen. <laughs> You're so old. Oh, no. <laughs> so I remember one time, I'm pretty sure it was the movie The Poltergeist. And my brothers actually made me watch that movie when I was so nope. little, like way too young to watch that movie. Uh, and actually, Jay doesn't like this movie because he doesn't like clowns. And there's a scene where there's a clown under the bed. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. my brothers thought it would be hilarious to take my old baby monitor and put one of them, like one of the walkie-talkie things under my bed. And they had the is, other one. I want to applaud them for creativity. <laughs> But I also, my heart, like, hurts for you because <laughs> I know what this is, where this is going. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I mean, I don't remember my parents being, like, so mad at them, but I'm sure they got a strict talking to. Oh, yeah. Because I am sure I was screaming my head off because they were doing all those creepy, <laughs> bigger brother, like, scary voices into the baby monitor under my bed. That is awful. How old were you? Oh, my God. I was probably, like, eight or nine. I was really young. That is so mean. I might so have even mean. been younger. I don't... Oh, there's another good one. I don't know if I've actually told you this one before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it deals with Jay. <laughs> oh, definitely. So my parents were out of out of the house. They like went on a date night or whatever. So my brothers were watching me for the night. And I forget how old I was, but it was in our older house in Vermont. Yeah. And... <laughs> So I'm home with my brothers. They're babysitting me or supposed to be babysitting me. I would not let your brother babysit you. <laughs> and all of a I'm sudden, to him. Nope. in comes uh, Jay and he has ketchup. But I didn't know that at the time. He has this red stuff all over his uh. face and on his chest. And he's like, he's like, Ash, Ash, oh, my God. Oh my God, someone stabbed me. And oh he God. made me believe that somebody had stabbed him. That's and so, so, oh my God. I yeah. live with this. I understand completely. So <laughs> Not- here I am, little, little tiny me, and like I'm screaming my head off. And of course, uh, obviously, he tells me it's ketchup after. Oh, yeah. But he got your reaction first. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> I have been through the ringer with, <laughs> with scary stories like- with them. There's nothing that terrifies me at this point. You're like rock. <laughs> it's funny though. I totally, I, I act like I'm the innocent victim most of the time. I fully admit I was a awful, evil big sister. So my youngest brother is Ash's age. You guys actually went to school together. And he was usually the target of my like picking on with this kind of stuff. That he's eight or nine years younger than me, I think. And um, when he was little... We maybe allegedly let him watch the movie It because I wanted to watch it and I needed a buddy, so I made him watch it with me. And 
He literally to this day has a deep-rooted fear of clowns because of that. Because then we maybe made it worse because we kept like torturing him with it. And we kept asking him like, do you want a balloon? And we kept making all of the it reference jokes and stuff and just constantly on him and scaring him with clowns because we thought it was funny. That's one of the things we did. Then when he was like a teenager, actually, your brother and I lived with my mom for a bit and Hanny um, was back from from school and he <laughs> he was back from college and one evening your brother and I had gone out to um, watch a movie and we came back really late. It was like one in the morning. But for some reason, we decided at one in the morning that it would be really funny to sneak into the house. And mess with Hanny. Because we're like, why not? Here he is. We, we knew we could get a reaction. And like, I'm really good. I grew up in that house. I know every shadow, every like room. <laughs> and so like my room was always, was always next to the boys' room. And Hanny was staying in the boys' room, obviously. And now it's just him. And so I knew where I could hide, like between the bathroom and the the hall and the bedrooms, that I could grab his bedroom door because he always has to leave it open because he's scared of the dark. (laughs) I could grab his door, slam it shut, and then dip into my room without him ever seeing me. So I figured out how to do this maneuver. So your brother's downstairs in the hall listening and watching all of this and being my lookout. Probably like laughing so hard too. I could just see it now. We were like – Laugh. We were doing that like quiet laugh, the like I don't know how to explain it, the whisper laugh. <laughs> I, we did it to him for like thirty minutes until he finally came out with a bat, and we were like, "Oh, okay, it's time to stop the game." <laughs> yeah. um, side note: If you guys really like a gaming podcast, check out Hanny's podcast. It is called First Encounter, so it's a family of podcasters. <laughs> it really plug. is. <laughs> um, but Hanny's funny, so. I just want to throw that out there. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is See, that's the other thing. It's it's like you want to scare people, but then there's the people that like punch you or yeah. like, have the bat and you're like, "Oh man, maybe this one a little too far." <laughs> yeah, that's my younger brother. He's like, "Nope, now we're done." Like he took a while the first few times he'd get up, shut the door and be like, "What the?" You know, open the door back up and was like, "Maybe it's the wind." You know, doing the like disclaimer and then by the fourth or fifth time he was like, "Nope, I'm going to hit." <laughs> and that was when I was like, "Oh, I'm going to get clocked if I don't like say it." I just started laughing so we knew immediately who it was oh my god see I'm like that too (laughs) if I am hiding from someone and I'm trying to scare them and I'm waiting for them it's like you you like get this like uh I can't think of the word but you get this feeling where you're just like could literally crack at any moment you're just gonna laugh your face off (laughs) oh yeah I'm one of those I'm like laughing so hard I love a good prank I fully own it I'm not good at coming up with them usually that was a rare moment but um I love when people pull pranks on others and it's like obviously not mean stuff like funny stuff especially siblings because it's like there's that sibling bond so you can kind of get away with it a little bit more They have to love you still, so it becomes a funny family tale versus, like, a divide. <laughs> oh, my God. I know. I, and and because I grew up getting this crap scared out of me all the time, yeah. I am now the person that enjoys scaring other people. Oh, so totally. I remember I would go to my friend's house after school because my parents both worked, so I had a key for her house. So sometimes I would get off of school early because – 
we went by different blocks and this was in yeah. high school. So I remember going to her house and I went and hid in her closet. And I just Oh, that's so mean. <laughs> that's so not funny. So I just like kept making all these noises and her dog was freaking out. And she just like, kept looking over, freaking out. And I just I think I gave myself away just because I was laughing so hard. I would have died. I had a good friend who was just like that. She would have totally done that if I'd ever given her the key to my house. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious and terrible all at the same time. I'm usually that friend that's getting that prank pulled on them. Oh my god. <laughs> I, I just love scaring people. It's just so fun. Oh, definitely, man. That's definitely runs in the family. <laughs> oh yeah. You guys, it's a it's a, a family thing for sure. As we always say, we're like, oh, that's that's their family thing. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I mean maybe it's part of the New England thing too. I don't know. We're we've got a funny sense of humor up here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We definitely uh, do. We do. Yeah, I love a good prank. But uh, I do actually tend to believe in some of the weird and supernatural stuff too. So I think that also makes it so that I'm easy to get because I, my brain is so like, I believe it. There's totally monsters everywhere. <laughs> oh, I 100% believe in everything. So. Oh, yeah. I'm what's the state the statement like gullible? I, I'm I'm a little gullible. I'm like, what's this crazy weird tale? Yep, I'm in. Tell yep. me it. <laughs> I'm like, that's fact. It's never just, <laughs> you know, a story. It's fact then. <laughs> if you think about it long enough, you'll believe it eventually. <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely. If you hear it long enough or you read it enough, you're like, that's totally true. Which is pretty much like half of the New England tales out there. <laughs> oh yeah. And we have a couple Vermont lores that we're going to talk about tonight. Yeah, it's the exciting part. We actually did save these up for the end. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, yeah, so getting into the lore subject now, seeing as we've talked so much about scares and Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> we're like, yeah, we actually have a topic. We know. <laughs> yeah, it's just going to take us probably like a half hour to get there. <laughs> hey, this is good for us, okay? All, all you listeners, it gives us a chance to get everything out so that way we can get to the cases. <laughs> Yeah, when we do our case stories, it keeps us on topic. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I'll start first. I'll I'll talk about a few Vermont lores that are a couple of my favorites. Ooh, um, let's hear them. So, this this first one is actually the Bennington Triangle. I love this story. Oh yeah, it's actually a mountain. It's a uh, Glastonbury Mountain. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's and crazy. It's pretty creepy because you think of um. Oh my gosh. Bermuda Triangle. So things yeah. disappear, all this creepy stuff happens. So this is happening in our little tiny state. Yeah. So there's been disappearances on the mountain, which is like, boom, mind blown. <laughs> people don't just right. disappear in mountains in Vermont. Like there's so many no. people hiking and so many people around. You just, it's really hard to just disappear out here. People are everywhere. Yeah. It's true. And, and even though we are, we have a lot of woods, you know, you don't often hear, Maybe a few tales a year of someone just disappearing, but not like in the same area over and over and over again either. Yeah. And this one, I guess it was believed that Native Americans were said to have believed the mountain was cursed as it was the location of a crosswind. So, I mean, this mountain was cursed many, 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 many years ago. And apparently now it still is to this day. Yeah. I've I've heard that part before, and I always think that's so fascinating. Where it's like I love legends like that that go back 
hundreds of years. I just find them, I don't know, I just find them really interesting that there's that lore behind it and that it's stuck all of these years, you know, hundreds of years later that people are still telling those tales. Whether they're true or not, doesn't really matter. It's just the tale of it. Yeah, so I agree. And it's word of mouth that it's continuing on or like newspapers yeah. or it's it's interesting. Those oral traditions stand on. Like, yeah, the old New on. England tales. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so apparently all the trails leading up to the mountain stop partway up. And it's said that it is very eerily silent on the mountain and in its woods surrounding. So I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, I understand it being silent, but I mean, when you say something silent, if I'm walking around and I don't hear birds, at least, mm-hmm. like when I'm you don't hear out. birds, yeah, that's yeah. that's when you got to worry. <laughs> uh, oh, for sure. And I, this is one of those places I keep bugging. I know I've bugged you. I said, as soon as we can get down there, I want to go exploring there. And then I've bugged your brother multiple times to take me there and explore. Except I'm a giant wuss, so I don't know how long I'd make it. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I think maybe we could go, like, walk maybe. One of the trails. Not even a quarter mile. (laughs) Yeah, no. I wouldn't make it very far. As soon as I was like, nope, I'm creeped out. Every one of these stories would hit me, and I'd be like, we should not be here. (laughs) Even if it's my idea. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, these disappearances weren't too far back, but I mean, they're they're happening in 1945 and they spanned five years. And they started with a 74-year-old named Mitty Rivers, who apparently was really familiar with the area and was actually leading a hunting party of four other hunters into the woods. So this person, I mean surprising enough they were 74 like that's awesome right you're you're leading a hunting party and when he was leading the way back to their campsites Mitty, 74 year old who was slightly ahead of the hunters disappeared from the hunter's line of sight and when he turned a corner just completely gone and he was never seen again that's the one that always is like boggles my mind is like they literally he turned a corner he was just in front of them they could see him and then he's gone yeah, like completely gone. And investigators only found one single bullet that was beside a stream bed. But Minnie just vanished for good, just completely gone. And wow. within that, four other people vanished during that span. And their disappearances remain unsolved, which that's so crazy. It's crazy. And I actually really love this little segment there's actually a native mm-hmm. american legend in that area of bennington of a rock that actually swallows the people who accidentally step on it and that's what happened to the folks who vanished which i, I love, love that that. that is such an awesome little like lore fact yeah and i don't know when it showed up i've always heard that tale too and and you know it's just like a cool monstery type fact i like that one too yeah, I, I, really, I really like that because you could just picture it in your mind. Yeah. I always just picture this like actually kind of tiny little like stone that's like very unassuming and then all of a sudden it gets a mouth and it's like bah and it attacks. Yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> I write stories on the side. I just want that on the record. So <laughs> it's not that weird. <laughs> yeah, we're going to get a little uh, funky because there's actually a theory there that there's a Bigfoot-like creature also in that area and that creature is known as the bennington monster which may be the reason the folks have disappeared in the area in the first place 
See, I'm, I so love me a Bigfoot story. Like, I love a monster story. And the reason being is, is because, although, okay, I'm going to lead this with no one ever <laughs> believes me. I'm going to start there. So I lived in the woods for a long time, a good chunk of my childhood. And when I was a late teenager, I swear to whatever that we were driving on the road one day. We were going to go pick up my older brother from work. So like we were teenagers, like 16, 17 year olds. And uh, my mom's driving and I'm in her passenger seat and it's dark. And alongside of the road, I swear, I saw some kind of like hunched over, like creaturey looking thing. And it had like these paper thin, like skin looking thing. And it looked kind of demon-y. Or like like a cross between like a demon and a monkey. I don't know. It makes sense in my head. Don't question. <laughs> <laughs> and I like looked at my mom. I was like, oh my God, did you see that? And she was like, what? And I was like, didn't you see it in the middle or on the side of the road? And she was like, no, I didn't see anything. And I was like freaking out because I was convinced that I had seen what I have dubbed as the monkey man. Now, I know people are going to judge this statement, but I swear <laughs> I saw something. I later proceeded to tell every single one of my family members and friends of what I had seen, and no one believes me to this day. In fact, your brother is one of the biggest culprits of making fun of me for this story, but I don't care. It's true. There was a monkey man on the side of the road. I swear <laughs> to God. So I'm all about this Bennington monster. I'm all about it. It was probably another monkey man friend. <laughs> oh my god that is so great but you know what when you tell me that the first thing i think of oh my god i can't think of the name is it a chupacabra chupacabra yes the chupacabra he's from uh, latin america i'm very familiar with the story (laughs) yeah that's what when when you said like the creepy like paper thin teeth kind of thing yeah like he's just like i don't know how to explain it was just like a weird looking thing. People have said like, oh, it was a tree. And I'm like, there's no tree in that area. I don't care. And then I've heard my like explanations of like, oh, it was the grass. I'm like, mm, no. I've, like, I've no. lived there. <laughs> Unless someone I know that area. something, uh, no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe it was more than likely, yes, it could have been misidentification. But for the thrill of the story, I am standing by, it was a monkey man creature. <laughs> standing by it <laughs> well I actually got down I went down the rabbit hole for Bigfoot <laughs> and there actually was a sighting in Vermont oh, really? uh, I forget what town it is but you're not alone because there there have been other sightings for Bigfoot in the Greenland state <laughs> convinced now I'm gonna have to go google this I did not know that that there were sightings here I assumed that was like more west coast stuff so I'm on this I'll, I'll yeah, there's that. not too many uh, sightings around here, but there are a few sightings. And there's, uh, I think there's a, quite a bit in New Hampshire and Maine as well. I wonder if they're monkey man looking men. <laughs> I mean, unless somebody just happened to be in like a full on I mean, gorilla yeah, suit running around, which is, I mean, could be likely, but very unlikely. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm know. not going to rule it out. You never know, but... Hmm, I'm going to have to look into that one. That one intrigues me. <laughs> well, when you do, get back to us. <laughs> oh, I will let you guys know what I find. I'm on that. I promise. <laughs> and like we say, if anybody has any Bigfoot sightings that they want to tell us, yes. seeing as we're Bigfoot lovers, let yep. us know. <laughs> Please. I like validation that I'm not crazy. So thanks, guys. Anything Monkey Man related, 
you send it over. Pictures, whatever. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> oh my God. I love it. Um, <laughs> all right. So going from Bigfoot, we are now going to travel to UVM, Ooh. which is the University of Vermont, which has come up a lot in a lot of yeah. our cases, actually. So it's yet again, I think it's literally been in almost every single one of our Vermont cases. Yeah. And UVM has the most haunted buildings than any other place in the state, which yeah. is spooky, spooky. UVM, spooky. UVM purchased many other buildings, and those were like 100 plus years old. Yeah. And actually, one of these buildings is the counseling center, and it's reported that a ghost named Captain John Nab, who is the original owner of the building, Apparently, Captain John likes to throw buckets. He slams doors and windows. I don't like that. (laughs) I would not want to be in that building. (laughs) Nope. Captain John and I would not be buds. Yeah, Mm -mm. definitely not. And apparently that's not even the most haunted building because the most haunted building on the campus is the Bittersweet House. And many people have seen a full body apparition and the ghost is thought to be Margaret Smith, who was a widowed young lady, and she had died there in 1961. And it's reported that she has like very neat hair and like a long dress. Mm, Old timey dressing. Yeah. Yeah. Her hair is pinned up, old timey dress. And I don't know how I feel about that either. (laughs) I don't know. I, I get a little freaked out by the like, ghost stories get me big time. I fully admit there's something about ghosts. I, I don't know. I find them so unsettling. I, I don't discount. Go- I don't like. I said I don't discount anything. Here I am, like you know, toting the like Bigfoot. awesomeness of a <laughs> Bigfoot. So I'm I'm not one to judge your supernatural king <laughs> by any means. But ghosts freak me out. Uh, they oh I don't know. There's something about the old timey ghost with the like the hair. The, like I don't know. There's something about it that just gets me. Yeah, it's definitely the old timey ones that. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. We'll we'll yeah. have to have again. Send us your stories. We'd love to hear it. <laughs> um, but the last ghost tale, actually, from UVM, is that of a young medical student who tragically committed suicide in Residence Hall Converse back in 1920. And it's reported that students will have items come up missing, and doors and windows will move mysteriously. I think that one's the tale. All, like every college kid knows that was the one that I remember at that age being shared all the time was about that ghost. Yeah, yeah. I don't know where my home homework went. It just disappeared. I think it. Yeah. I think it's that ghost in Converse. Yeah. Hall. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm with you. I'd be. Oh, why didn't I ever think to blame the ghost? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't go to UVM, but I should have really. I mean, I often did not do my homework. So <laughs> any one of the buildings in Vermont going to college i probably could have gotten away with a ghost stole my homework oh definitely <laughs> opportunities lost <laughs> it's kind of crazy i love all those stories like i've heard them before and they're still no matter how much time goes by i just think they're so cool they are super cool and not only i mean maybe we'll do an episode in the future but yeah i actually yeah Let's do that because I want to do an episode just on Burlington itself because not only is UVM super haunted, but Burlington is so haunted. Because there's a a bunch of buildings because it's a really old city. Everything's hundreds of years old. All of the buildings are. Yeah. And after working downtown Burlington, I have heard some crazy stuff from Uh fellow servers and bartenders. 
Oh, yeah. I used to work downtown, and there's so many good stories of, like, supernatural lore from that area. So maybe one of these days we'll just do a side, a little side episode, and we'll do a haunted Burlington tour for y'all. Yeah, that would <laughs> be like awesome because I have lots to say. <laughs> <laughs> as long as I get Bigfoot, we can do whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of monsters because we all know that's my thing uh i gotta bring up the uh burlington's probably most infamous uh supernatural creature most of you are probably pretty familiar with this one but i'm putting it on the list anyways it's going to go to my boy's champ (laughs) (laughs) which we all know he is the lake monster who happens to reside here in our very own lake champlain for which he is named And actually, this creature, so there's an old rumor that Ethan Allen, who helped to kind of found Vermont, was the original spotter of this. I actually did some research and found that that is not true. It's just a kind of urban legend. But the creature actually first was spotted by a gentleman named Captain Crumb, who was reported as spotting spotting a giant serpentine-like monster in the water. And according to Crumb, he uh, stated that the monster was a total of 187 feet long, which is really exact. I just want that on the record. And he apparently spotted this from 200 yards away from him, which that's a distance. But perhaps, you know, to each their own. I'm not not nitpicking his story, though. (laughs) (laughs) So according to Crumb, he describes this creature as having had three teeth and it had eyes that were the color of peeled onions (laughs) i know it's such a weird descriptor that is so weird i was like they were white (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i went with it (laughs) and so you know according to crumb he said the creature had also this belt of red which i don't really know what that means and it was around its neck and it had a white star on its forehead huh huh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That's not the way we've all seen Champ in, in the years forward, but this is the original sighting of it. So since then, there have actually been upwards of 300 supposed sightings of Champ. And like I said, Champ is our like nas- our, our state icon. He is like, you don't trash Champ in this state. Like, you do not. We all get behind our Champ. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have a, we literally have a team, a, a baseball team named after him called the Lake Monsters. Yeah. So we take our sea monster very seriously. <laughs> um, it's just, it's the classic. I don't know about you, Ash. I, I personally, I really like sea serpent tales. I, I, I feel like there's a little room in, in lore for, for sea serpents, personally. It oh, might be true. I can definitely find it. Yeah, like I feel like we can see it. Can yeah, see I there. feel like I could see it. I mean, tortoises have been here forever, yeah. like since dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. And there are actually like ancient dinosaurs that meet the description of what a lot of these sea creatures are supposed to look like, like the plesiosaur. So you never know. Maybe one survived. We see creatures that have lived thousands, hundreds of thousands of years that we thought were extinct aren't. So I'm not going to discredit a sea monster. Yeah, definitely not. And I actually have a little champ sighting tale. (laughs) These make me so happy. (laughs) Uh, So I remember this was before Airbnb, but I think somehow my parents and I rented a cabin or something on the shore of Lake Champlain. And I mean, this might just be a classic dad tale. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> Could be. But apparently, according to my father, he said that he was standing, it was early in the morning, and he was standing on the shore just, I don't know, drinking his coffee, yeah. checking out the lake because we were staying there for the weekend. Right. And according to him, he said he saw something in the water that was extremely big, like way too big to be a fish. Like It was sea monster shaped. Yeah, it was. He was like, this thing was huge. And my dad, there was a lake that he grew up on. So he's seen every like fish and eel and what have you in a lake. And he knows he knows his lakes. Okay. (laughs) And your dad is not like. I don't know. He's not one for, like, tall tales. He really isn't. Yeah, and he still says to this day, he's like, if I had a camera, I would literally be a millionaire because I would be the first person that got a real photo of Champ. I I totally – I'm with your dad. I think he saw Champ. Your dad isn't (laughs) one to, like, tall tale it. So I I totally – and actually what's interesting is a lot of the Champ sightings do occur in the very early morning. So it kind of fits with the rest of the sightings. I'm just saying. Yeah. I support this. I totally support Champ. And I mean, uh, maybe Champ has those, like, senses where he's like, oh, this person doesn't have a camera. I'm totally welcome to, like, surface the water. (laughs) I love that. That makes me happy. So Champ's got, like, reasoning and thoughts. I I wouldn't be surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He's just doing his sea serpent thing, you know, swimming along. (laughs) I wish I could live in in the water. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad gig at all. Yeah. Just kind of come out, get some pictures, be a star. I, I, <laughs> He's got it pretty good. <laughs> you know, and, it, and again, that's like such a, a core lore of Vermont. Even outside of Vermont, people have heard of Champ. So that one is always kind of fun. Another core lore, I, I, at least if you're a local, is this story of Emily's Bridge. And side note, so when I was a teenage nerdling, (laughs) my girlfriends and I used to, we went to school in this area. So we used to go and hang out at Emily's Bridge all the time. It was a regular place. We got run off by the police many a time because you're actually not supposed to be there. It's not like a public area. It is private. Um, But that didn't stop us. I do not recommend that, guys. (laughs) Don't do it. It, You know, as an adult, I'm like, oh, that's kind of rude. I wouldn't do that now. But, you know, at the time, you're young, you're dumb. I say that all the time, but it's true. So what's cool about Emily's Bridge is that it's got this, like, ambiance to it that it's very dark. And it does have, like, a little bit of a sinister, spooky feel to it. Like I said, I've been there a ton of times. Obviously, it was at night because um, you can't go to spooky places during the day. <laughs> and, uh, you know, us girls always said it had a weird, a weird vibe there. And the story goes that a young woman who was named Emily, I've heard it a couple different ways. Supposedly, she was supposed to meet her lover on the Goldbrook Bridge, which is near Stowe. And when her lover didn't show up on the bridge, it said that Emily, in her grief, killed herself. And I've always heard that she hung herself from the rafters. Some other tales say that she was they were supposed to be wed, and he um, jilted her. And then in her grief, she went to the bridge and killed herself. I've heard it a couple of different ways. It's Like I said, it's a local lore, so you, there's a couple different versions of it. But the most popular is the her lover didn't ever meet her on the bridge, and in her grief, she hung herself from the rafters. In retrospect, no man is worth that, girls. Just saying. <laughs> but anyways. <laughs> so to this day, this legend states that 
men aren't often the target of Emily's anger and a little bit of a rage, seeing as, you know, she was jilted. And it's actually been reported by many locals that they've seen lights, noises, supposed apparitions just over the years. And when me and my girlfriends used to go, we would have swear that we used to see some lights actually off in the the fields alongside the the gold brick. Yeah. And I've actually been there as well. And of course, at night, because I mean, why would you go there during the day? It doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, And I remember being there. And obviously, you have that like rush Mm -hmm. because you're like, oh, my God, like spooky. And I remember taking photos with a flash and seeing like orbs. Yeah. But I mean, little area. It is creepy. And. There's so many things about orbs that it's just the reflection of the flash on, like, dust specks or whatever. But also my other brother has been to Emily's Bridge at night. Oh, really? Uh, Of course. He actually said, I mean, this could just be older brother, spooky. Mm -hmm. Um, He said that he was in his car and his radio, like, the second he went onto the bridge, his phone service died and his radio turned off. Huh. I've heard a lot of car stories from men on that bridge. That's uh, the ones I've heard the most of. It's like the car stopping or like scratch marks on the car, things like that. Yeah, because I mean – That kind of fits. It's a covered bridge and Mm -hmm. there wouldn't be anything there to block the service for your phone or the radio transmission. Yeah, these are wooden bridges, old-timey wooden bridges. They're not – anything that would should block it yeah so that like did kind of spook me out because i was like oof, yeah. like oh god that the phone service going off and like that just Yee. is creepy that's a little creepy i hadn't heard that one Ooh, i don't like that one that'll be <laughs> christmas or thanksgiving talk <laughs> uh, yeah well that'll be this year's thanksgiving talk <laughs> so what did you see at emily's bridge yeah <laughs> um your mom will kill all of us yeah, <laughs> yeah i know She's never going to get one of those peaceful family dinners, is she? No. (laughs) So my last big share is actually one that that is a little poke at Ash, but (laughs) it is Lake Bomacine, which is in West Castleton. So West Castleton was once a bustling town. It was full of these quarries and mills, and it was home to many immigrants from Italy, Ireland, and Eastern Europe. Which I liked that because my family's a family of immigrants. I know yours is. So I don't know. I liked that story. So by 1930, West Castleton actually ended up kind of following alongside of Glastonbury, which is that town that Ash had mentioned. Both of these towns are considered ghost towns in the state of Vermont. So what's bustling and then all of a sudden just dried up and kind of unexplained and it people just stopped living in these towns, so they became local ghost towns. So at one point, there were three young friends who set out to go across the lake, and they were just going to go to the other side of it and and hang out. And what happened is, is that the three friends get in their rowboat, and they're never seen again. They started rowing on the lake and just disappeared. And what's interesting is, is that their rowboat was actually found empty floating on the lake, And to this day, it's said that a ghostly rowboat can be seen moving across that lake at night. Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) I like that one. I don't know why. I love me a good lake ghost story. (laughs) Yeah. So I actually lived on Lake Bombazine 
And oh, did yeah, and that was a ghost story that I did here. I never saw anything on the lake, but I mean, it's it's a pretty big lake. Anything can happen. Yeah. I did also hear that that story as well. Ah, uh, yeah, that's kind of a classic one because I've heard that story quite a bit. I forgot that you lived over in that area. And we used to go hang out as teenagers also down in Castleton because one of our friends went to school there. So it's kind of one of those like classic school stories from that area. Oh, definitely. And I went to Castleton as well. And I actually, my freshman year, I stayed in a dorm building named Ellis. And Ellis is known as being one of the oldest dorm buildings on the campus. Oh, wow. And yeah. And so there was a ghost story that had been passed down through the years about a girl named Penelope who actually hung herself on the third floor of that dorm building. Yeah. And I happened to live on the third floor of that dorm building. Yeah, no. And, I mean, I have heard spooky things happening on that floor. Yeah. I mean, the one that I can think of that I had, I had a box fan in my window. And, you know, the box fan, you push it in and then you pull the window down. So it's it's in your window. Or you pull your window to the side so it kind of like sucks in. And it wasn't windy, and no matter how many times I put my fan up, it always got pushed out. (laughs) Penelope was having none of that. I know. Oh, my God. And, I mean, you're away from your your family home. This is a new place. So I was was a little nervous because I do believe believe in the paranormal. I do, too. But but actually, there was was a couple things said about Penelope. And there also was a building on campus. It was a... uh, like a theater building and there was a piano in there and it Ooh. said that you could hear the piano playing when no one was playing it. Oh, see, I don't like stories like that. Mm-mm. No, no, uh, I'm not hanging yeah. out there. It's, nope. it's, a, it is a creepy town. And I yeah. mean, naive Ashley, as I was, I yeah. uh, actually used the Ouija board in the bathroom on the third floor of oh. Ellis. <laughs> what is that with teenage girls and doing this? We did this too up at Johnson. <laughs> And I don't know. It never goes well. It never goes well. Don't do it, guys. <laughs> yeah, it was It was definitely creepy. We didn't – nothing really came of it, but it was just yeah. like all the like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're doing this. Um, oh. The other creepy thing that happened when I was in college – actually, the town over from Castleton is the Hubbardin Battlefield where there was oh. a little yeah. battle there July 7th of 1777. So it was a while back and there were casualties, but Mm. I remember driving down the battlefield road with a couple of friends and it was at night and we look back and we see what kind of looks like, not like a headlight, but almost like a, like someone carrying a fire or something, like a carriage with fire. I don't know. It was, it was kind of, it was creepy because I just remember looking back and seeing it. Yeah. And being like, oh, my God, there's no way no one can be behind us. Like, right. we didn't come in this way. There was no one we came through. Like, we've there's no way someone caught up to us this fast. And uh, then I remember looking back and it was gone. See, those battlefield ghost stories always get me because I do believe in those. Like, like Gettysburg, I think, is considered one of the most haunted places. And I, there's some really cool, if you Google it, there's some really cool, like, footage of these. That, that kind of stuff I 100% buy because – there were uh, unfortunately a lot of a lot of young young men who lost their lives 
very tragically in those and it, I don't know sometimes I think that like when a lot of like really bad things happen in one specific area it creates like a a little supernatural space yeah if you will it definitely I mean I don't know why we decided to go there at night yeah because I mean you also see those stories of like you said Gettysburg and like a bunch of other places yeah. where these battles happened and lots of lives were lost and people some people even I I think a kid I went to school with actually posted something on Facebook. He had yeah. went to one of those battle sites and he actually got a picture Ooh. of what looked like a ghost in the uh, getup suit from like way back wow. when. Like the 1700s, like battle, battle, um, uh, military garb. Yeah. Yep. Wow. That'd yeah. be neat to see. I'll have to look for that. See if I can find it. I'm sure if you Googled stuff like that, you would find a lot yeah. of, a lot of things. I love lore. That's the thing that's so fun about it is that one, like I said, it gives you a little bit of that history insight, but then it also keeps kind of these like memories or legends alive too. And I don't know, it kind of builds a community. You bond over that stuff. Yeah. And it's honestly been a blast to talk about these stories and we have many, many, many more. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, the iceberg. <laughs> yeah. And these are just some of our favorites. So if you like these tales, let us know via our social media outlets and maybe we'll do more in the future. We're kind of thinking since it's spooky season doing kind of like a little yeah. segment in the month of October or this month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel like we forget sometimes that we record ahead of time to keep ourselves time managed. <laughs> yep. Yep. We do. <laughs> <laughs> So we hope you all have a creepy, spooky, safe, and most importantly, fun Halloween. Eat some candy, put on some creepy classic horror movie, pop some popcorn, have an awesome creepy season, nerdlings, and we will catch you all on our next episode when we dive back into the true crime world. So strap on those seatbelts. All right. Yeah. So it's been a blast. And this is kind of the fun stuff that we'll do once in a while. Just, Just to lighten it up, you know little palate cleansers, if you will. So that brings us to the end of this episode. And if you liked this one, or hopefully any of the other ones that we've done, please hit that subscribe button and feel free to leave us that review on iTunes or your preferred podcast subscriber. Just really helps us out. So we super appreciate it. You can also hit us up on our Instagram at crimetimenerds or check out our case notes at crimetimenerds.com where we post references and photos of all of our cases. We also have a Twitter account, which is at CrimeTimeNerds, and an email where you can reach us at, which is CrimeTimeNerds at gmail.com. We will catch you next time, nerds. <laughs>